if you could open up your Bibles to Isaiah 43, verse 19. I'm just going to read it for the sake of time. So Isaiah 43, verse 19 says, I'm about to do something new. It is beginning to happen even now. Don't you see it coming? I'm going to make a way for you to go through the desert. I will make streams of water in the dry and empty land. So this scripture stuck out to me. Oh, you guys can be seated. (laughs) Sorry. Um, This scripture stuck out to me because I believe that the Lord has been doing something brand new. Like, you could sense it within the whole church, and I could see it within myself, too. So I gave my life to God when I was really young, and I was very passionate and committed to serving him. But as I got older, um, I started to, like, grow more and more cold and more closed off, and all the passion that I had once had started to dwindle away. So I pretty much went into a very dry season, and that season lasted for a while. But... Even in that season, God was constantly doing things to try to get my attention and to remind me of my calling. Because it's even in our driest seasons that God will always do things to try to get a hold of us, but at the end of the day, it's going to be up to us whether we're going to respond to him or not. And I didn't do that. I kept ignoring him, honestly. And that went on for a while. Um, so one day, I went to a woman's discipleship, and I, got, I was given a word. And during the word, she told me, if I were to ask you, whether you're saved or not, what would you say? And I didn't know how to answer that because I still love God too much to want to say no, but I, like, or wait, no. (laughs) Sorry, I still love God too much to say no, but I also felt that I couldn't honestly answer yes. And that's when it hit me how far away from him I had become. So when Gang Convention 2015 came around, I was really sick of the way that I was feeling. So I decided to go. And all of my finances were blessed. Like, I didn't have to pay nothing. And I took that as God showing me that he wanted me to be at that convention. So it was out there where I recommitted myself to him and where I felt him in a way that I hadn't in a very long time. So I left there feeling different, but there there still wasn't, like, a whole complete drastic change in me. The change came for me over time. And I, like, know, like, I've been growing since then because, like, even if I would have been asked to do this a year ago or even a few months ago, I honestly just would have said no. But when this year started, I decided that I want to, like, be more open to God in 2017. So as I was, like, putting this together and thinking about all he's done in my life, I realized just how passionate God is for us, even in those times where our passion for him really isn't all there. And I don't know where I would be if I would have kept ignoring him, but because of how passionate God was for me, in turn, my passion for him came back. Um, So last thing, like, if you're feeling in a dry season, remember that the scripture says, I will make streams of water in the dry and empty land. So if the Lord has been trying to get your attention, don't ignore him, because that could be the start of a complete turnaround for you, and that could be the start of you entering into a new season that he has for you. Um, So I'm going to pray out. Lord, I thank you for what you've done and what you're going to do. I pray that this word touched at least one person, God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, um, if you guys have your Bibles and want to read along with me real quick, you go open up your Bibles to uh, the book of Matthew, chapter 22, verse 37. Amen. Those that are fast, you know, just go there. For the sake of time, praise the Lord. 
The Bible reads like this. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, I come to you just grateful, Lord. Lord, I ask that your spirit will fall down right now, Lord, that it would be you speaking through me, Father God. Let your your spirit just be here, Father God, in your, in your congregation, Father God. I, I pray that you just use me, Lord. We love you. We glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So Jesus replied, love the Lord, your God, with all your heart. And when you think about the word heart, I began to look into it, and I found out that in Greek, that heart means passion. So Jesus replied, love the Lord with all your passion. Victory outreach heart, we have a victory outreach passion. Amen? And for tonight, our topic being passion, and when I think about passion, I begin to think about all those men and women that made legendary music. For them to make that music, it took a passion. You think about all those scientists that went out there and they made a cure, for them to make that cure, it took a passion. And you think about all those athletes that went around and they wanted to go pro, and for them to go pro, it took a passion. For them to take it to the next level and go to the Super Bowl and get a ring on that finger, it took a passion. And the same thing with us, if we're going to reach our full potential here in the church and, and able to go and reach what we're called to be, whether it's a pastor or an evangelist, and for us to get there, it's going to take a passion. For us to see this top right here full with souls, it's going to take someone to rise up with a passion. I don't think you guys are hearing me tonight. But you got to be careful, though, because everyone here has a passion. But what do you have a passion for? You got a passion for doing something good? Or do you got a passion for doing something bad? And you're saying, well, hold on now, Brother Alex. You're talking about a, a passion for doing something bad. And then if you go in the Bible, I could break it down. There's a man named Apostle Paul. And Apostle Paul, he started off with a passion for doing something bad. Right? He had a passion for showing up where they were preaching the gospel. And he was either killing a Christian or he was throwing them in prison. Right? See, but our God is so good, he's seen this man who had a passion for all the wrong things, and he said, if I could just get a hold of this man's life, turn his life around, turn it upside down, and grab a hold of his passion for doing something bad, and put his passion for doing something great, imagine the things this man could do for the kingdom of heaven. I don't think you guys are hearing me tonight. The same thing with Peter. Peter was a man who had a passion for fishing for fish. God seen this man and said, oh, hold on now, brother. You got a passion for fishing for all the wrong things. But our God is so good. He said, if I could get a hold of this man's life, turn his life around, turn it upside down, and get his passion from fishing for fish to a passion for fishing for souls. Oh, I don't think you. Imagine the great things this man could do for the kingdom. I don't think you hear him. But the same thing, listen, the same thing with Pastor Sonny Arganzoni, right? Here's a man that God seen and said, look at this man who has a passion for all the wrong things. If I could get a hold of his life, turn his life around, turn it upside down, and grab a hold of his passion and put his passion towards doing great things, Imagine the things he could do for the kingdom. I'm talking about a ministry called Victory Outreach International, a ministry that's going on 50 years. I don't think you're hearing me tonight.
Because a man like Pastor Sonny Argonzoni went from having a passion of doing bad things to a passion of doing great things, I'm able to stand here behind this pulpit here tonight and let you know that I was once lost. I once had a passion for claiming a street that I didn't even own. I had a passion for selling dope just so I could get some money. But then God grabbed a hold of my life, and now I have a passion that stirs up. And you're probably wondering what kind of that passion. I want to let you know that the passion that is stirring inside of me is called a victory outreach passion. Where you're able to just go and grab your daughter and you're able to grab your wife and get three tickets and go all the way across the world just so I could go pray for somebody. Just so I could lay hands on somebody and let them know that Jesus Christ loves them. My friend, that is called a victory outreach passion. Somebody say passion. Ooh, that sound good. But you got to be careful. Because you might have a passion, but then someone might move in and try to take that passion from you. I remember when I first got saved in the church, right? I got saved, and God began to do something great in my life. I began to feel a passion inside for the hurting people. But the enemy, he would just, he would just move in. Satan would move in and begin to lie to my mind and remind me of who I was. All the things that I did, all the things that I seen. And I remember I used to sit there and I used to think, how can God use someone like me? God, you don't want to use someone like me. And I remember it used to mess with my mind and I used to get frustrated. I used to think about where I went wrong. Where did I go wrong? That's what kept me from having my full passion for God. And I used to think, where did I go wrong? And I, it was ridiculous. I used to think all the way down to first grade. And I used to think, Lord, where did I go wrong? Tell me, was it in the first grade? When I suddenly started to disobey my teacher's ways, Lord, where did I go wrong? Lord, tell me, was it in the second grade when I had a heart full of hate and I randomly punched a kid in the face? Lord, where did I go wrong? Tell me, was it in the third grade when I come home from school snooping through my father's marijuana doobie ashtray? Lord, where did I go wrong? Was it in the fourth grade? When I found some dirty DVDs, dirty magazines, my mind had got exposed to pornography. Lord, where did I go wrong? Was it in the fifth grade? When a girl says she liked me, says she wants to try some new things, so I no longer needed dirty DVDs or dirty magazines, because in my young mind, I thought that I had found the real thing. Mm, no, Lord, it couldn't be that. Because I know that you didn't create me from the dust just so I could be full of lust, Lord. I know it wasn't that. Lord, was it the sixth grade? When I come home from school, my moms and pops is yelling at each other, I hate you, why? I just don't love you anymore, my love doesn't feel the same. My heart was broken because I knew that 15 years of marriage just went down the drain. Lord, was it the seventh grade? Here I am, ditching class, because I'd rather be out there robbing and stealing, because I felt like the seventh grade teacher couldn't teach me how to get paid. Or was it the eighth grade? Police officer knocking at my door every day. Tell me, Navarro, get up, slapping handcuffs around my wrist, throwing me in the back of the cop car so I could graduate with the rest of the kids? Is that where I went wrong? Or was it the ninth grade, the fact that I only did two months and dropped out of high school because I'd rather pick up a gun and sell dope and stand on a corner? Is that where I went wrong? See, the sad part is, is our generation these days, they think that they want to live a life like a movie. That ain't no movie. That was a real life me going in and out of juvie. And I remember at a young age, me picking up a gun, selling dope, standing under a bridge from 11 o'clock to 5 a.m. 
And I was wondering, why are all my friends dying? And why am I still living? This touches me every time. Why am I still living? And I remember having suicidal thoughts, having a revolver, putting one in the chamber, hoping I'd hit that one slot. Then God spoke to me loud and clear, and I'll never forget it. He said, son, you're worried about all the wrong things. Stop worrying about what you did wrong. Stop worrying about what you're doing wrong. Stop worrying about what you did wrong, and start worrying about what you're going to start doing when you get right. God is speaking to you guys here tonight, and he wants you to stop worrying about what you did wrong. Stop worrying about what you did wrong and start worrying about when you are going to get right. And I tell you, the moment that you begin to get right with God, the moment you're going to get right with God, you're going to realize, Lord, I'm, I finally realized what you did. And because of what you did by taking your passion to the cross, I'm willing to take my passion to the streets. I don't think you guys are hearing me tonight. Because what he did by taking his passion to the cross, Lord, we're, we're willing to take our passion to the streets. I'm talking about a revival in South Garden. I'm talking about a revival here in the city of Hayward. I'm talking about a revival over there in Cape Town, South Africa. I don't think you guys are talking. It's a victory outreach passion that's going to begin to stir up inside of you. Just like Pastor Steve, he didn't know why he was doing it, but it was a victory outreach passion where he's like, I got two phone numbers, and I'm going to go all the way across the world just to preach the gospel, my friend. It's called a victory outreach passion let's pray amen father God we come to you just grateful Lord Lord, I pray that you will begin to stir up a passion within your people, Father God. We love you and we glorify you. Have it your way for the end of the service, Father God. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give it up, give it up, give it up. Come on, you're seeing future pastors up here. You're seeing future pastors' wives up here. You're seeing people that are going to crack open countries that have never been cracked open before. How many believe that tonight? Come on, how many believe that tonight? You know, I want you to turn your Bibles with me to the book of 2 Samuel. And, you know, you've been hearing it that the theme of tonight is passion. You know, this is God's anointed now generation. This isn't God's anointed next generation. Listen, we believe that God can use people now. You're seeing people preach now. You're seeing people dedicate their lives now. You're seeing people doing things that many of us waited years to do. They're doing it now. And tonight we're talking about passion because we want to stir up the passion in this room tonight. We want to stir up the passion that's in your heart. And if some of you have never experienced it, well, tonight you're going to experience it. Amen. 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 15. When you have it, say, I have it. Actually, starting in verse 14, it says, David, wearing a linen ephod, danced before the Lord with all of his might. And when he entered him, Excuse me, while he and the entire house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouts and sounds of trumpet, as the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Michael, the daughter of Saul, watched from a window. And when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she despised him in her heart. They brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the tent that David had pitched for it. And David sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings before the Lord. 
After he had finished sacrificing the burnt offerings and fellowship offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord Almighty. He gave them a loaf of bread and an egg McMuffin. Come on, somebody. A cake of raisins to each person in the whole crowd of Israelites, both men and women. All the people went to their homes. When David returned home to bless his house, Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet him. And she said, how the king of Israel has distinguished himself today, disrobing in the sight of slave girls, of his servants, as any vulgar fellow would. And David said to her, woman, <laughs> he said, girl, it was before the Lord who chose me rather than your father or anyone from his house when he appointed me ruler over the Lord's people of Israel. I will celebrate before the Lord. I will become even more undignified than this, and I will be humiliated in my own eyes. But by these slave girls you spoke of, I will be held in honor. And Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no children to the day of her death. You know, we're talking, you know, purpose is what guides us, but passion is what drives us. From the minute that passion is born inside of us, it's in a battle for survival. From the very minute it's birth, because it's one event after another that tries to kill your passion for God. Now you see today in the skit how one after another the enemy was trying to steal that young girl's passion. To steal what God had started to stir inside of him. Some of you started 2017 with the passion and you've been seeing back to back to back attacks on that passion. People in this generation, in this age, they, be high, they hide behind such things as tolerance or balance and responsibility. huh? These have become the priorities of today. See, passionate people usually hear things like, shh. Huh? They usually hear things like, you're doing too much. They usually hear things like, relax a little. huh? People are staring at you. <laughs> or how about this one, be realistic. Anybody ever heard that before? Be realistic. It seems that this world and this generation has set itself up to believe that anybody that displays some sort of passion is an extremist. Huh? And there's no room for those fanatical believers today. See, the challenge of today for us, for me, for you, for these young people, is to serve God passionately in an impassionate culture. Huh? You got to understand that God himself is a passionate person. The Bible describes his love as jealous. Huh? In Exodus 34, 14, he's described, his actual name is described as jealous, which means he don't share. Huh? Which means that he wants, to, he wants you to be his all and his vice versa. Huh? He wants to be all yours and you all his. He destroyed the earth because of his zeal and his passion in Noah's generation. I mean, think about it when he sent his son. He could have sent any one of his millions of angels to die as a sacrifice, but yet his passion drove him to give his one and only son for us. God is a passionate person. God is a passionate person. He has a passion for us, so we ourselves have to match that passion that God has with our lives and with our views and with our convictions. David himself was passionate for God. huh? He loved God. And after having the ark, which represented God's presence, if you don't know what that is, ask your life group leader, right? <laughs> after having the ark of God taken from Israel for 13 years, 13 years the presence of God hadn't have been in that city. 
13 years the Ark of the Covenant had been in captivity. 13 years it was out of where it should have been. And here it was coming back. Huh? This represented God's presence returning to the city. God's presence returning to that particular place where it should have been. This represented God's presence returning to his people. So David danced out of joy. He danced out of love. He danced out of his passion for God. And even in that atmosphere of joy, and even in that atmosphere of where everybody was celebrating, huh? David's very own wife, his very own wife wanted to kill his passion. Huh? Careful wives, careful parents, careful husband, careful what you wish for. Because just like we've seen in the skit tonight, huh? you don't want to be the reason that somebody else loses their passion. Don't you know that David's wife, do you know what she was tripping on? You know in this story that we just read what she was tripping off of? She was tripping off what other people were going to think about David. See, David's wife thought this is how a king should be. In her head, she already had it all worked out. And I want to tell you something, that don't you let nobody's opinion affect how you serve God. Because there's people just like David's wife in this world, maybe in your family, maybe in your workplace, that they have their own opinion on what a Christian should look like. huh? They have an opinion of what a church should look like. They have an opinion of what a life group should look like. And there's many people, you're going to run into people that will always have their opinion on how you should serve God. But I want to tell you something. Don't let nobody affect your, your uh, way you serve God. Don't let nobody affect how you are passionate about Jesus. Huh? This is Victory Outreach. Come on, have we been Victory Outreach tonight? And in Victory Outreach, we love God. I said in Victory Outreach, we love God. In Victory Outreach, we love our church. In Victory Outreach, we love our pastors. In Victory Outreach, we get loud. In Victory Outreach, we sing. In Victory Outreach, we dance. Come on, we win souls in Victory Outreach. We do rallies in Victory Outreach. We do dramas in Victory Outreach. See, I love David's response to his wife. He tells her, God chose me, woman. He huh? said, God chose me, and I'm even going to get more undignified than this. He says, the slave girls, the ones that you don't think too much of, huh? they're going to love me and respect me. You know, the same goes for us. You know, there's, you know, who cares what people think of us? Huh? Who cares what the Christian community thinks about us? Huh? Are they going to have their opinions? Some will love us, some will hate us. But I want to tell you something. You go down to them hoods, huh? you go down to them gangsters, you go down to them addicts, and they love us. They love Victory Outreach. They love our ministry. They love what we're doing. Huh? Who cares what these other people think? Who cares what these people who have their own opinion on how you should serve God think? I want to tell you something. They may not know your name, huh? but you go to places like Hanover Park, right? You go to places like South Garden. You go to places like Tennyson. Come on, and they know who we are. They know what we represent because we're passionate about what we do. We believe in what we're doing. Really quickly, let me give you a few ways to keep your passion alive. Really quickly, five ways to keep your passion alive. Number one, don't worry about what everybody thinks. Huh? Don't worry about what everybody thinks about how you serve God. Rather, worry about what God thinks. God will always keep you close to the fire. You never get separated from the fire if you follow God. God will always lead you. If you find yourself feeling impassionate, you find yourself away from the fire it's because you're not following God. Maybe you're worried about what somebody else thinks. You're worried 
about you being doing too much. Don't worry about it. Secondly, pursue your deepest desires. Talking about ways to keep your passion alive. Pursue your deepest desires. Don't ignore them. If you have a desire to join worship, then join worship. If you have a desire to take a mission trip, then take a mission trip. If you have a desire to get involved, get involved. You know, one of the biggest cemeteries is from the altar to the seat. One of the biggest cemeteries. wasn't even one of my notes right there. <laughs> it's the biggest cemetery because people come up and God places a Holy Ghost desire inside of them. And then they walk back to reality, as they say. Huh? Don't ignore those desires. Pursue those desires. If you're feeling it inside of you like some of you are even feeling it now. Huh? You see these young people, man, who, who maybe not are all as polished as the next man, right? Or maybe not, not as dignified as the next man, but you see them up here doing something for God. They're stepping out. Pursue your deepest desires, and it'll keep your passion alive. Number three, don't get stuck in the negative part of lives because they're going to happen. Negative, negativity is part of life. huh? Just go through it and move on. Go through it and move on. Don't get stuck there. Some people get stuck in there, and they lose their passion. They get overwhelmed by their negativity, by their failures, and the things that are going around on them, or excuse me, the things that are going on around them. I want to tell you something. You keep moving, and you won't lose your passion. Number four, don't waste time on what's not important. Don't waste time on what's not important. Listen, distraction can drain you as fast as discouragement. Distraction can drain you as fast as discouragement. Stop chasing overtime and start chasing your calling. Huh? Listen to what I'm saying. This year, you have a choice. I, I, you know, it always bothers me when people say, oh, I got to do this and I got to do that. You have a choice. You have a choice to pursue one or the other. And I want to challenge you today. You want to keep your passion alive. You want to renew your passion. Stop wasting your time on things that are not important. And I'm here to tell you that a career is not important. Huh? I'm here to tell you that a career is not important. Huh? Now, that may sound crazy, right? We, we, we try to instill in the young people, listen, man, college is great. Pursue a career. Right? Pursue that. Get, get educated. But try out the UTC for a year. Huh? Try out a missions trip for a year. Come on. <laughs> you know, you're going to spend your whole life doing a career. Come on. Go see Africa for a, for a little while. Go see, go see Chicago for a little while. Go see the West Coast UCC for a while and let God instill something inside of you. And lastly, embrace the now because the moment will pass. We're talking about keeping your passion alive. As AJ comes to the piano, talking about keeping your passion alive. Embrace the now because even this moment will pass. Some people are too concerned about tomorrow. They're too concerned about next year. Too concerned and I know we plan for our future, right? None of us want to fail. And we think things through. But listen, some of you are missing the now. You're missing the opportunities now. You're missing the challenges now. You're missing the things that God is laying before you now. And you're wondering why you're not passionate. Why don't I feel this? I'm coming to church. I'm plugged in and I don't feel it. Maybe you're caught up in the, the future, the things that are not important. If you embrace the now, what's taking place right now, then your passion will flow. I read this thing, and I want to read it to you. 
It says, live like there's no tomorrow. Love like you've never been hurt. Try it like you've never failed. Give like you have all you need. And walk like your daddy's watching your every moment because he is. Because he is. Embrace the now. You know, you had people come all throughout this service. You had skits. Yes, some young people preach up here. And we're all talking about passion tonight. We're talking about passion. The things that God wants to do through our lives, they require passion. You can't do what we've been called to do without passion. And you know, tonight we want to help stir that up. You know, we can't yell and you get passion. We can't sing a song and all of a sudden it's on you. You have to pursue God. You have to allow God to work inside of you. You have to allow God to place that passion inside of you. And listen, here today, that's what we want to do. We want to believe God that he's going to instill a passion inside of you. We still have many, many months to go in this year. And God wants to use your life. He doesn't want to use you just tomorrow. He wants to use you now. He wants to use your family now. He wants to use your gifts and your talents now. And today we want to pray that God does that passion and instills it inside of you. I want you to bow your heads with me. David was a passionate man. He loved God. But even David had people around him that were trying to kill his passion. And some of you, there's things going on and have been going on in your life to kill your passion. They've been snuffing out that fire. For some of you, it's been a physical. For some of you, you've been dealing with a physical illness. You've been dealing with physical issues. And you feel your passion dwindling. Well, I have good news for you today. You can restore that. You can renew that here today. Come on, the fire of the Lord is here. The fire of God can rekindle that fire that is dwindling. There's other of you that you're struggling at work. How that's become your focus. That's become your God. Well, I'm here to tell you something that it's not. That God himself has called you. God himself has separated you. God himself has placed that burning desire in your heart. That's why you're at work and you're not thinking about work. You're thinking about people. You're thinking about service. You're thinking about Bible studies. You're thinking about what you're going to do and who you're going to call. Listen, man, you're not an auto body man. You're a preacher. You're not a painter, huh? You're not an electrician. You're a man of God. You're a woman of God. You're not a receptionist. That's just what you're doing right now. God has a calling on your life. God has a purpose for your life. He has a purpose for your marriage. He has a purpose for you. Don't let the enemy snuff out your passion. Don't you start believing that lie. There's others of you that you say, you know what, man, look. I just don't feel it. I don't feel the motivation. I don't feel the drive. Well, you know, today is the best day to meet. God face to face because that's all it takes is an experience and an encounter with God to start a passion 
You heard Alex just a minute ago talking about it. You heard Evie talking about it. It doesn't take but one encounter, but one touch to set a fire in your soul. Some of you are so dry, you need a fire. You need a touch. And as AJ begins to play, you say, you know what, Eric, listen, man, I need a touch.